0: Welcome to the Grief Dreams Podcast. My name is Sean Ram, alongside Dr. Joshua Black. Glad to have everybody listening and, and back again, if you're listening. And uh, yeah, beautiful day here to podcast.
1: Joshua Black, how are you today? I'm doing good. Just went for a walk and now I'm back to do another podcast. And this is amazing. I'm happy that we get to do these recap. We're not having recap episodes. This is a guest. Uh, return guest. Return guest episode. Yeah, so we get to sort of check up on people and where they've come, and the last time they've been here, and any new dreams they've
0: had. Absolutely, and the person we have on today is Rebecca McDonald, and she is a self-taught keepsake artist working and living in Ontario with her husband and dog. Since immigrating to Canada in 2009, Rebecca has experienced loss many times. The passing of her granddad in 2014 meant the loss of a loved one and a source of inspiration in her life. His courage and compassion continue to drive her to help others with their grief. Through the creation of custom jewelry and keepsakes, Rebecca seeks to provide comfort and connection to those experiencing loss. Rebecca's work can be found on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Comfort Connects or on her website, www.comfortconnects.com.
1: Rebecca, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Yay, thanks for having me back.
1: <laughs> so you're on in episode 109. So it's about a year ago today. Can you believe it's been a year?
2: I cannot believe it's been a year. Time has went by so quickly, but at the same time, pretty slow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember the one thing I really wanted to say, like I, I truly remember your dream. Like it really sparked something in me and I've actually been using it with a lot of other people that have been suffering in in their own lives to try to give them something to think about and some kind of comfort and so I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful that you're able to come on because I know the episode has touched many people's lives
2: yeah I think about that dream a lot and I definitely have used it as a, a new perspective moving forward in the challenges of my life so I'm really glad that I had that and I had that little boost of inspiration and is it from him
1: yeah, I just, because I, when I, we were um, communicating through email, I noticed on the bottom of your email, you know, it has like your <laughs> contact information, and then it has a quote from your dream, yes. what your, gran, what your uh, granddad says, which was, yes. even in sadness, there's beauty. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and like, I truly use it every single day. I think it was such a very, like a very powerful thing that he said, and I just want to hold that like so close so yeah I put up my email I tell people it and I think about that as a reminder so it means a lot to me
1: Hmm. and since you've been on the podcast you actually changed the name of your business which I thought was really interesting and you want to like talk about maybe what it was and what it is now and why you changed it
2: sure so um, my business before was craft love craft life and it was something that I created Um, I'd say six years ago now when I was making crafts I didn't really know what I wanted to get into and my business is definitely a lot more focused now so I knew that it's the business name change was coming for a while I just couldn't figure out how to make that connection with what I was doing what I wanted to do Um, so now the name is Comfort Connects and Yeah, before I focused mainly on pet memorial jewelry and uh, moving forward, I kind of want to focus more on keepsakes, so jewelry and uh, like pocket stones, portraits, things like that, and not just for the loss of a pet, but also loss of a loved one and those that aren't necessarily passed away, those that are still with us here. So it's a lot more, I guess, broader uh, sense, but still like focusing in, if that makes sense um so yeah i wanted a name that would uh, better reflect my business and suited the feelings that my work produced so that comfort and connecting to those that you love as well as yourself through the keepsakes and the resources on my blog so yeah i've added a few new products since uh, my dream last year kind of my dream has inspired some new work so i'm exploring more um, digital artwork so that has kind of come with the name change. And it's just, um, I've been doing like these um, custom silhouette prints. And what I like about it is it gives you the ability to visualize a memory that you've longed for. So one of the things that my 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 previous grief dream was my grandad visited me after my wedding. And he was talking about events that happened during the wedding. So one of the things that I really wanted to do was take one of our wedding photos and add a silhouette of him like standing next to it just so I could visualize him there on that day and it's really helped me now that I I have a visual of him there it makes me feel more like I knew he was there on that day but now I can see it it feels more real so yeah I started doing some things like that and it's helped a lot of other people that have lost kids through miscarriage so they can have like a family portrait and things like that. And yeah, it's a lot. My name has, I've provided a lot of growth for myself through changing my name and I think I'm on the right direction now for, for everything.
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's um, I think that's a great idea. It, It kind of helps people, you know, just, like you said, like the name suggests have that comfort around those feelings of, uh, you know, and if they've had pain in their life. And, mm-hmm. and I, I like the idea of also where they might not have died, um, you know, especially in the times that we're living in now, you know, this yeah. distance is an issue and um, isolation is an issue. And sometimes we're living very far from the ones that we love. So, it, yeah. you know, it's nice to have a keepsake. It kind of yeah. In, in your thought. And thoughts. when I
2: did a lot of like reflecting before I changed my name and I thought like the reason I started it was because of my dog, I was traveling for university and I wanted to be close to him. He was still alive. So I was like, well, it's not just memorial stuff. Like it, it I started because I wanted to be closer to him when he was alive and I was traveling. So I've kind of like come full circle and I was really hesitant to change my name because people knew me, for so long for what I was and then I was like no I need to just do it and just do it (laughs) so I did it and I'm happy that I made the change and uh, I can start moving forward with this new name.
1: That's great it always takes a lot of courage to change and make those steps because you're right like people knew you for a different name and you're and what's nice about it though is that I'm guessing if you click on the old website it'll bring it to the new one Yes, so yeah, it's not like you've lost everything, but it's just you have to like reeducate some people. But yeah, it does yeah. take take courage. So good job being able to do that. Just like coming on a podcast, it takes courage sometimes. I remember when you first came on, it was the first time coming on and you did fabulous at that. So sometimes we take these leaps and they, uh, they pay off.
2: Yeah, sometimes it takes a long time. But I think uh, getting there in the end is the most important. Doesn't no matter how slowly it takes you to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And talking about courage. You did something that I thought was interesting through the pandemic. You moved. <laughs> so you want to talk about I, talk about that and like I, having to like shut <laughs> down your business a little bit?
2: Yeah, I temporarily have put my life on hold and moved back in with my parents. I still have my apartment in Ontario um but yeah I, um things started happening really quickly as you would know yourself um the world started changing pretty quick and we had to make a decision that was right for us um we don't have any family in ontario besides my brother who was visiting that week with us and we just kind of were like well do we go back to pei and be with our family during this time so we have support and i would say that for all of our like me and my husband's like mental well-being it was definitely the right decision we would have been fine I think if we stayed in Ontario but just having that like moral support like right here is definitely important when times are changing so quickly so in the space of three hours we decided to hop in a car and drive to PEI overnight the the day that we decided they were putting restrictions on the bridge for um um non-essential travel. Um, but because my husband's still a resident of PEI, we would have been able to come back in and we were we went into uh, quarantine whenever we got here. But yeah, it was a space of three hours. So it was a regular Saturday and I was working on some orders and then I was like, oh, I gotta get this uh wrapped up. We get these packages shipped and everything else I have to just put on hold. So I packed up a backpack (laughs) got in the car and we drove overnight and it was the craziest 24 hours I've had in a long time just because like you know you you go on to the news and everything is changing so rapidly and uh just the traveling we've traveled back and forth from Ontario to PEI quite a bit but the travel experience itself was a lot stranger you know like using restrooms at gas stations and just constantly hand sanitizing and it was a very different experience but we are super glad that we made the decision to come back here even though it was very hard because we not only left our life there it was like I need to just stop my business for right now I'm very much so still in business I just put everything on hold for right now so um, yeah we're back here on PEI and Living in my parents' basement for right now and spending a lot of time at the beach. Their house is right next to the beach. So, spending a lot of time there and just um, with the dogs and walking and yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's a very rational decision. I think that's yeah. a, that was a very smart and timely decision because, you know, essentially you're leaving a very heavily populated area that has a lot more cases and moving yeah. and going to a place it's a little smaller you know you're choosing to spend it with family and and i'm sure your parents appreciate having you guys there you know doing it together it
2: it was a lot of like if if me or my husband if one of us got sick we would have been able to manage but if both of us got sick like it would we we don't have a strong support system there so um yeah i think being here was the best thing for us
0: yeah yeah and uh you know and and it's just a matter of as well, like we don't know how long things are really going to take. And I think that's uh, like, if we knew like, yeah, okay, this is a two month adventure. What have you? Then you're like, all right, I can plan things out and tough it out. But without knowing whether things get better or possibly worse, I think that's a, that's a super smart move.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've been here since mid March. So it's been, six weeks as of right now already and we thought like oh we'll be back for maybe two or three weeks and then that milestone came really quickly and then we're like well things are not getting any better for right now and um, I'm super grateful for all of my customers that have outstanding orders they're really understanding of everything and you know everybody's health is top priority right now and when things get done things get done.
1: Yeah, it's uh when I heard that story it reminded me like almost all of a movie that you see people they just, like throw this <laughs> in the car and like it's drive.
2: <laughs> I was actually like my brother and my husband were packing the car up and I was still like packed in orders and they had finished packing the car and I was like, Okay, just like five more minutes and you five more minutes to finish this order. And I got it done. But it was very, very, very hectic and
1: what's, uh, <laughs> yeah. what's one thing you left behind that you wish you brought?
2: Oh, one of my mugs <laughs> it's, so, it's such a silly thing, but uh, like just not part of your like morning routine of like having your morning coffee in like it's a handmade mug by an artist on p e i and I got it after our wedding, and it's just like part of my routine is like getting that nice mug and having some time to myself, and like I said this the other day, I was like, oh, I wish I brought my mug like I miss my mug like of all things, I miss my mug. So I did order a new mug that I'm getting tomorrow. So I'm excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sometimes you get certain new routines, right? And this is yeah. the, the challenges that we're facing. And sometimes they're small, but they do mean something to us.
2: Yeah, uh, finding routine in this time is also very, very difficult.
1: <laughs> and so, what have you been doing? You said like you thought, thought it was going to be three weeks. It's turned to six. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. So, what have yeah. you really been doing? That really, I guess with for your mental health and for your own grief recovery?
2: So for myself, I've been trying to do a little bit of work like online, but that didn't really go to plan because my mind is just running ragged. So I was like, I'm gonna put this on hold for a week, see what I can do to help myself. So. Whenever I wake up in the mornings, it's whatever I feel like. I don't try and push myself too much. So some mornings I'm like, I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to spend another two hours in bed. But throughout the day, I have been doing a lot more embroidery, Just something I just started like six, seven months ago. And before this pandemic happened, it has definitely been helping me like through my grief recovery, just like something to focus on that isn't necessarily work related and it's another creative outlet so I've been doing a lot of stitching and trying to create some patterns for other people that are in isolation and are grieving and they can you know try and find some creativity in these times of hard times. And hopefully the things that I create through these sessions can help other people like it has helped me. So that's one of the things that I've been doing a lot of. Um, It's still pretty cold here on PEI, so I'm not outside as much as I'd like, but I've also been taking a lot of walks to the beach. And the beach is a very special place for me, the water especially. I actually seen a quote here a couple of weeks ago, and it said that grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves. Sometimes the water is calm and sometimes it's overwhelming. All you have to do is learn how to swim. And that is a quote that I've been relating to more and more because grief, no matter what it's caused by, is like the ocean. So I have good days, and I have bad days, but I'm still trying to learn to manage both of those days. So I um, spent a lot of time at the beach just watching the water and I'm like, okay, it's different today than it is yesterday and that's okay. And yeah it's basically what I've been doing
1: I think that's that's great that you're that you're really learning that new skill and you're trying to use that as a way to help others and like and just to find something new to be able to do and and to master but to be yeah. able to have that not to have that pressure I think that's so important yeah. is to really be able to sit with how you're doing during a day and that will be you know that is its own accomplishment is to be able to not force anything but to sit with where you are and do what you're what you can based on yeah, that and exactly. so was, I love that you're by the water though because that's like my dream oh, like when, yes. I, <laughs> when I grow up Sean did I ever tell you <laughs> I want to live by the water that's just like there's something about waves crashing just there's something about water that moves me and it just helps me stay still almost it's it's very mm-hmm. beautiful and there's something hopefully I'm guessing you get that too i'm yeah. I, I follow you on Instagram, and so that's why i I get to catch up with you and sort of see how you're doing and you mentioned how you um it was your grandpa's um death anniversary anniversary mm-hmm. very recently. How did that yeah. go for you
2: um so it was actually his sixth anniversary and the first one that all of the family members have been together, so that in itself was nice to have everybody like together for that. But it was still a very private um, reflection, I guess. Um, the, day, the night before, we were sharing some stories about him. But the day of his anniversary was still a very, like, we acknowledge it. But it was a very private thing. But it was just nice knowing that, you know, everybody else in the house is thinking about him. And you're all here experiencing that time together.
0: Yeah, there's something about a shared experience or, or um, a shared thought. That's a little bit different than if you yourself or the or you feel you're the only one thinking about something. I think there's something to that. Sometimes on different memorial occasions, you know, my parents will call me, or I'll call my parents, and you know, we'll remind each other that well, this you know, this is when our grandparents passed, or this is when you know, so uh, and so, so and so would have had a birthday today. I think that's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's it, it helps you during those times, absolutely. And I think that analogy actually is is great, the waves in the ocean. I think that's a, it's an apt analogy. And I was trying to think what it is about it. And I think because, you know, and you said it yourself, that like, you know, it's, it's, it controls itself. It's not like, it's not on our time. It's just, oh, the waves mm-hmm. are coming. They're coming no matter what. And it's just, yeah, uh, you know, it's not like you can sit there and see the progression of a tree. You know, it's just kind of, yeah. when we look at a tree, it's just there. We don't really see it growing, um, or even grass or anything like that. But waves, it seems like it's just it's always there, you know. And yeah, the, the calm when they're calm, it's a it's a it's an interesting take on it. But when they're rough, especially near an ocean, wow, you really see uh, yeah. that that difference.
2: And it's actually the last few days the ocean has been pretty rough because it's been overcast and windy here, but. The um, the day that we drove to PEI, um, like we got back, we had supper, and then I was like, I'm gonna go see the sunset because it's one of my favorite things about PEI is the sunsets. And me and my husband went down to the beach, and I was like, look at the sun, like the sky. There was not a cloud in the sky, and it was just that perfect gradation of colors. And then we got right down to the beach, and the water was so still. It was it was such a surreal experience because we even on our walk down to the beach, we were so filled with that like anxiousness about like what has happened like how long are we going to be here what did we just leave and your body's just going through much so much stuff and we just stood at the beach and we just were like wow it's so still and it brought us back into this moment of like okay we just need to be like just be here the water was like telling us like just be still for a second and just breathe and everything's going to be okay it was a beautiful night to experience
1: wow I wish I I wish I could see that. <laughs> just you I'll have, have to take some pictures. pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. <laughs> and ha- I something I recently did actually probably like maybe a month ago when I was by the water was I skipped rocks and it's probably I probably haven't done that since I was a kid probably. Have you yeah. tried that lately?
2: Um, not lately because the last time I tried, that, I was not very good at it. So I I like to just watch the water.
1: Or <laughs> throwing a rock into the. <laughs> <It's an art. laughs> There's an art form. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I you do just, I do. You can't like just throw looking, it up
0: and down because then it's just going to kerplunk yeah. right into that. We gotta like sideways, you know, skim it a little bit. And you got to get a flat rock. You can't just have like yeah, some heavy to it.
2: But I do like um, looking for beach glass. That is uh, one of the things that I like, a, a new hobby, I guess, um, that I took up uh, whenever we immigrated because we immigrated to this area. So along the beach and I spent a lot of my time grieving the loss of like the immigration experience itself at the beach. So the water's always had that connection for me. Whenever I'm going through a, a rough time, I'm like, okay, I need to be by the water or something very comforting there. And I I started exploring the beaches and started finding beach glass. So I think I like doing that more than skipping rocks. <laughs> but I like the, the stories behind, I guess, the unknown stories behind beach glass. You know, it started as a bottle and then, it's went on this journey that you don't know about and then it turns into something beautiful and yeah i don't know I like yeah that you know that <laughs>
0: that's a good point there's so many treasures uh yeah. on a beach that's and again near the ocean that you know mm-hmm. there's seashells and and old driftwood you know glass and th- that's what happens living near an ocean cuz you don't know where it's coming from it could come, it could be from another country it could be from across the ocean yeah You know, there's a lot of interesting things. People have been known to send bottles with messages in them from across the ocean and people have found them. I I, I don't know specifically the story, but I remember reading a story about someone from like PEI finding a bottle from, you know, Europe with with messages. Yeah. So it's a a fascinating treasure trove place if you don't live near an ocean.
2: Yeah, so so to, to come back to the whole, was it a good idea to come back here during this pandemic 100%? It is the perfect place for right now to kind of put everything on hold and trying to manage the thoughts running through your head and your emotions and try to recharge during all of this noise.
0: I wonder, has there been any shortages? Because I know PEI is a little bit it might be difficult to get some things there in terms of, you know, maybe vegetables or certain things. Has there been anything noticeable?
2: Um, As of right now, I, our family hasn't noticed anything, any big differences. But yeah, the bridge now, it's been closed for a number of weeks. Like you, you can only come back with if you're a resident here. So, but yeah, it's, well, I think it's, we're doing pretty good so far. If everybody keeps following the rules.
1: Nice. Well, I'm glad you, you can look back and feel you've made the the best decision for you, especially for your mm-hmm. mental health and also yeah. for your, your family, too, because I know they must have gotten a a boost also to have some someone else and someone new there uh, to yeah. basically talk to, bounce ideas off of, and to reduce some of that isolation that a lot of people are facing.
2: Yeah, because I know the, the two weeks before we came back, it was we just started hearing, you know, the start of March, everybody was just starting to hear about it, talk about it more. And it was something that we had talked about a lot was like, oh, what's going to happen if this gets worse? But I guess we were really naive and we didn't think that it was going to get so bad so quickly. But it was a difficult decision to make. But we we said that whatever decision we make, we need to stand by at 100% and just go with it because we can't look back and be like, oh, we should have made the elder decision. Because like, then you're just going to beat yourself up and – you know
0: yeah I think I think everybody has that mindset or had that mindset that like yeah we don't know and you know you hear different reports and it's very I think that can be a little bit confusing is maybe looking at either the news or the internet and then seeing so many very different types of reports and information so Mm -hmm. one person says ah you know it's only going to be a you know six month thing or three month thing and some people are like oh, we're going to open up parks tomorrow and then and then <laughs> the ambiguity yeah. of it all um you know what's helped me is to kind of kind of accept that this could be a little bit longer than the best case scenario i think mm-hmm. fine it's it's okay to hope for the best case scenario but well, for me i think understanding that it might be a little longer like for instance uh i got an email from my softball team saying that like uh, hamilton parks might is might be looking at opening up uh towards the end of may beginning of june yeah and i read that and i got excited i was like oh great you know i can play softball again but at the same time um i'm also keeping a uh uh, level head about it and trying to say, well, that might not be the case. It might, it might not be totally open. And and that's just something I think we all have to kind of come to terms with. It's difficult because Mm -hmm. again, it's something that you want. You want to restrictions to be open. And again, I I have to, you know, trust the people in charge and the leaders that people are doing the right thing. And it seems like in Canada, people are generally, uh, making the right decisions. So it's, um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I'm, I am very excited to get back to Ontario and get back into my studio, back into my work routine and everything. Um, But yeah, for right now, until things are safer for us to get back there, I think uh, we are going to stay put.
1: I'm curious because I know there's, we talked to Lisa recently about the changes in funerals and ceremonies. I'm curious if you saw anything when it comes to pet loss, any changes that are occurring because of the pandemic, because I know pet loss is disenfranchised to begin with, and this could just even make it even worse.
2: Um, Yeah. So in terms of hearing from more people, I would say um, that things have been staying pretty much the same as, or a little bit slower than before this crisis started. But, um, I received some orders, but they're very much so like I'm placing my order now, but I'm going to wait before I send anything to you because of everything that's going on. Um, so I would say that it, it hasn't changed too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, because I don't really see much of it in the news until I'm just wondering, because people may have reached out to you and maybe said something that we wouldn't be uh, really know about when it comes to maybe the losses. Because I'm guessing, I'm not even sure if Humane Societies and Vets. I'm guessing they're open still. I've never. Do you know, Sean?
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, they are open. It's just uh, emergency, like vets and stuff like that. It's it's more about they're open for emergencies. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't go in and you know, let's say, get my dog's nails clipped or just get a shot that he doesn't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. So they're remaining open for the essential stuff. But yeah, I, w- I would say that probably, even it probably changes around. Even if if you're putting your dog down to die, for whatever yeah. reason, you might not be able to be with them. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not
2: entirely sure, but it's not something that I've uh, looked into. To be honest, I've I the first few weeks, especially, I stepped back from my business entirely to just give myself some breathing room because working in the grief field while dealing with your own grief while dealing with the pandemic was it was very, very heavy on me. So I was like, I need to just put my computer away, my phone away and uh, focus on myself a little bit. So yeah, it's not something that I looked into. um, So I'm not sure on the procedures there.
0: Yeah. And this is a, this is a good, you know, call to anybody who, if they would like to discuss something like that, if they've recently lost a pet and has gone through that and they would want to come on and talk about it, to send us an email. And we love to talk to you about that.
1: Since you're going through so much I'm curious about your dreams have you had any like comforting dreams of your grandpa that you maybe had like last time like to really boost your mood or have they not come since you've been there
2: unfortunately during this time he's not coming to give me anything comforting he's like I'll let her figure it out herself <laughs> uh, but I did have a great uh, a dream before Christmas that was my last one that I had
1: and you want to share that
2: Sure. Um, So it wasn't as comforting, I guess, as the first one I had, but it definitely opened up my eyes. So it was 10 days before Christmas. I had my second visit from him. Um, He didn't look like himself. He looked really sick, um, like he did whenever he had Alzheimer's. I was sitting next to him outside on a bench. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was some kind of public space because I could hear like other people in the background, like just that noise. Um, And I was holding a kid's picture book, and I remember pointing at a picture of a bird and saying bird slowly to him, trying to get him to repeat the word that I just said. He couldn't say the word because uh, he couldn't remember it, even though I had just said it. I tried again, and the same thing happened. And then he started to get really frustrated because he couldn't remember the word that I said, and seeing him so frustrated really broke me. And that's the only part that I remember of the dream. But whenever I woke up, I woke up like pretty soon after he started expressing all of this frustration. And I felt so, so, so sad. I never, like, I didn't see him when he was going through Alzheimer's because we had immigrated. And, but I felt like I had actually experienced him through his Alzheimer's through this dream. And, um, Yeah, it just, I didn't like experiencing him suffering like that. Yeah, so that was the lead up to the holidays that I had the dream. And I was feeling really rushed and I started to feel frustrated myself. So I think that was him, his frustration coming out in the dream. And before that dream had happened, I kept telling myself that I needed to slow down and have patience. And even after the dream, I kept telling myself that, but I didn't listen to my body. And a few days after the dream, I actually pushed myself too far and I ended up um, pinching a nerve in my back. And then the rest of my two-week vacation over the holidays, uh, I couldn't move. So I feel like, now looking back on it, he was telling me, like, you're going to get frustrated and frustrated if you don't slow down and stop. You're going to hurt yourself. And then you're going to be frustrated because you hurt yourself. So you just need to relax and um, slow down and take time to yourself. So I think that that dream was definitely a lesson in patience.
1: Wow, that's so interesting and it's such. There's like there's two different. What I love about dreams is like there's different ways that you can look at it. And yeah. The one thing that you were saying, you never got a chance to see them like that, and what it would have been like.
2: Yeah, how distressing really it was.
1: <laughs> For those yeah, I've never experienced that personally, but um some people on the podcast have. But yeah, that's a different loss and a different sight that was real. Like that's something that would have happened and what you would have to deal with. And you had that experience. So it was like you understood it in a greater extent. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you have this other part where it's really about sort of what you're going through in waking life and about slowing down and having patience, which is interesting because when I look at your journey now and leaving and going to PEI, you took the, you had the courage to slow down because that's really what it was all about. Yeah. You left yeah. the busyness at, <laughs> in Ontario and yeah. you decided to go by the water and just, you know, figure it out as you go. And But like I say, yeah. like, but you had that lesson. I didn't know you actually, you had it and then you hurt your back because you sort of like put it off. Yeah.
2: So whenever I'd reached out to you about the second dream, it was it was the day, like earlier that day when I'd reached out to you, and then the afternoon was when I hurt my back. And I was like, oh, my back feels like it doesn't feel right. And then the next day I could not move. And then Christmas was there, and then it was the next week, and I still could not move. I never felt so much pain. And it just, whenever you're in that pain, you're like, am I ever going to get better again? You have all this time to think, and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to listen to my body more. Like, I need to slow down, or this this can happen again i don't want to feel like this but after the dream i was like oh he's just telling me to slow down I'm like yeah yeah i'll slow down whenever i have a chance <laughs> to slow down <laughs> and then i was like oh i need to actually slow down like i'm i'm doing so too tired. much right now
1: oh it meant now slow down now <laughs> yeah. that's
0: the crazy yeah. thing with back injury like i i've dealt with back injuries and oh, dr fox dealt with uh, back injuries and mm-hmm it's uh it feels like and and just i'm i'm not an expert or scientist but it feels like there's something with the back injury that's psychologically tied as well to it and that just it just might be a very clear sign for you to kind of get your stuff together if mm-hmm. it's not together or something if you're running running in a you know, certain way and, and you know you need to pause or, or do something. I mean, the back, it's right there. It's going to tell you, hey, yeah. slow down. Yeah. Or if, if sometimes like if, I, if I'm not active enough or oversleep or something, you know, uh, an injury or a tweak might tell me that, hey, maybe I need to move a little more. But yeah, yeah it's weird like that.
2: Yeah. yeah. So after like after probably a couple of weeks after the pain started going away, I decided to try yoga for the first time and I was like oh yeah yoga seems like a nice relaxing thing to do but it turns out it's actually way harder than I thought but it it has been a nice it's not something I do every day but it is something that I do upon occasion it definitely helps me slow down and just like stretch out my body in ways that I hadn't stretched before so I did find that out of the fact that I had the dream and I hurt my back and I was like okay, I need to do something that helps me. Down.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's actually a perfect practice to kind of understand where you're holding stress in your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that it through yoga or stretching, uh, and those type of practices, you kind of get that feeling like, Oh, I didn't realize that I had, whatever so much tension in my hips. And sometimes yeah. and that can have a direct positive impact on you later, if you've released that tension, you know, you can feel really great and feel lifted and feel like you're resetting things
2: yeah and just overall your body just feels better and your mind feels better whenever you're you're pacing yourself and you feel like you have things under control a little bit more yeah
1: yeah but it's all about having patience and slowing down because i'm so used to doing things like basketball you're always moving and, and when i've tried yoga it is a difference because you're it doesn't feel like you're doing much you're like holding a position for like a minute, right? Like, but it's like, it's really slowing down. I'm so used to like constantly doing and moving. And it's really like, it's helping you just stay still more or less and stretch.
2: And one of the, one of the things actually, whenever we came back to PEI here, um, I think it was after a week we were here. I was like, I need to do something that makes me feel like I'm still in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So we did yoga one night, but I did it. Like we were watching a video. So she's talking you through the moves, but I had my eyes closed And it was one of the practices that we had done before. And I felt like I was back in my living room in Ontario because I was going through these same movements. And I had that time to like slow down, relax and just move. But I had to keep my eyes closed to really visualize. that.
1: (laughs) Well, now you got the beach there, too, right? So once you know the moves, you just have to you could just do it yourself. Yeah. Do it. Do it as the sun is setting or rising.
2: Oh, yeah. Yoga once by the it, beach. <laughs> once it starts to get a little warmer here, uh thats my uh full intentions.
1: Does your dog do yoga with you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when we first started doing it, she was like, "Are you guys okay? Like, why are you stopping?" Like, she was really freaked out. But it took her a few weeks to be like, "Okay, they're bringing out the mats. Like, they're doing normal people things. Like, they're not just." disaster or something but she uh she does whenever we bring out the mat, she like does her like downward dog and then she goes and sleeps but <laughs> she does like to stretch on the mat
1: <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm curious since you do have you've had two dreams one's so powerful and i'm guessing you shared the last podcast with family and friends like do you, do people talk to you about their dreams more often now or do you talk about dreams more often with them
2: yeah so since i had the two dreams now i definitely talk about um my dreams and other dreams that i've heard on the podcast as well and actually um my sister-in-law said to me the other day because we had a conversation a few nights before about all of these dreams and then she actually had a visit from her grandmother and i was like whoa like maybe this like if we talk more about dreams more people are gonna have them um, But yeah, my sister has also like told me that um, she had dreams of Granda and it was really nice to just like sit and share that experience. Like those are very personal experiences. and It was nice to share those dreams like with each other. And uh, it's actually interesting because the dreams that she's had of Granda were very similar in terms of the themes, like as mine, like he's coming to visit us like for a reason, like to give us like, uh, a new perspective or uh, to send us in the right direction. That's kind of, like, what he's been doing, like, at least for me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been talking to, my my mom and dad as well, and um, they said that they, um, they've experienced more touch in their dreams, more so than visuals, which I thought was really interesting. So, like, my dad had said that he – had um, like my granda touched him, like he physically felt a touch on his shoulder, but he doesn't have much of the visual remembrance. And my mother said that she had a, a touch, a comforting touch to her face from her mother, but doesn't visually remember the dream. Um, so I don't know. Like, has have have you had any conversations with people that have had like touch through dreams? Or
1: it's interesting because I look at them and there is usually a distance between people and Mm -hmm. but forget the imagery is very or for the mind not to remember the imagery it's interesting because i've heard stuff like that or they smell the deceased in the dream they wake up and they still have that smell lingering which is very interesting or like when you wake up you still feel that touch because it's that sensation has like came through the dream to the present Huh. But no, like it's not something you hear all the time. So I think that's so interesting. And I'm, I'm glad that people are opening up to you and you're yeah. talking about it more because that's really how you raise awareness and you, you really realize what people are dreaming because without that, no one would tell you. And that's the issue I think a lot of people have is that no one asks yeah. the questions and so no one shares because they just thought maybe it's weird or maybe I shouldn't say or maybe they're just very private that, you know, until you ask, they're not going to like just openly. Yeah, you know. exactly.
2: And yeah, it is a very personal, private experience. But for myself, I love talking about my dreams because I was just like, this is so cool. I experienced this. And it's just like really neat to have those conversations with other people that you're really close with that have also shared like similar experiences. And it's a, the dream world is a very fascinating world.
1: Yeah. Well, and it allows you to talk about your grief in a different way. So that's one of the things I love about it is that it's not just the dreams that you actually can talk about your grief and your loss and maybe how it helped or hindered in your present life. And that brings them back to the moment, you know, like, and what you're going Mm -hmm. through. And a lot of people were so busy, as you know, we, Mm -hmm. uh, we really sort of push grief to the side and talking about these subjects can actually bring it back to the present.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing and you're, you're taking risks and you're, you're finding <laughs> the courage to find more balance in your life. I think, cause it's easy to run yourself ragged. I see it all around me. I see it in my own family. I also almost, um, have, I have to catch myself when I'm trying to do too much and just being aware of that. And so I'm glad you're you're finding a way to learn those lessons because that's going to help mm-hmm. you so much better as you move forward and be able to help those that come to you um, in times mm-hmm. of stress and need because you're going to have, you'll be able to showcase some of your wisdom that you've learned.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, awareness is definitely been the first step in this whole thing. Now that I'm aware of things that I'm doing or I could be doing, now I just have to figure out how to do
0: it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where when you share with family or people that you love and it really connects you like you said you know I remember having a Mm -hmm. discussion with my brother and this is only like a year ago maybe two years ago where he told me that I shared with him uh, a grief dream that I had gotten with our uncle one of our uncles and then he shared one of our other uncle and said, Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he visits me and he and he said, Oh, he's he's my guardian angel. And I was like, wow, I'd never yeah. never talked about this. And it, yeah. it's a bit shocking, and you're like, yeah, wow, why are we why haven't we ever talked about this? But it just felt so great because you felt like you have a connection. And you also feel like you're not crazy in a way. Like, it's always, <laughs> it like to humans, we're always trying to validate
1: that. We're always trying to
2: make
0: sure
1: we're not crazy. Yeah. And so uh, as our last question that we always like to ask is, if you could have a dream tonight of someone who has died, what would that dream look like?
2: Um. So the last time you asked me this question, I said the dream and i am gonna say the same thing again because i am really really hoping for this one um i would love to have a dream from my granda with my dog max um visiting uh my parents house for a family barbecue and just watching the sun go down with the whole family
1: well you're all you're already all there so just... yeah i'm
2: <laughs> just waiting
1: i'm <laughs> just <laughs> That's oh, cool, that's great, yeah. and it's sad that you haven't had that yet, um, but hopefully, you know, I'm hoping uh, this week's the week.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: that'd be a beautiful one, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at the ocean, maybe an ocean barbecue bonfire
1: yeah yes. i I've, yeah. I've heard um some people having sort of these grief dreams during the pandemic, and the deceased will talk to them about what's going on and comfort them, so you know, like why not? Why not now? Yeah,
2: I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you again, Rebecca. And, uh, you know, I'm sure maybe in the future we can have another one. Uh, you can come on again. Would you actually if you take this time to share your contacts and where people can reach you and find your uh, business?
2: Yeah, sure. So my business can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Comfort Connects. Or you can visit my website to see my keepsakes and grief support blog um, at www.comfortconnects.com.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And again, once again, thank you so much for
1: coming on. It was a pleasure thank speaking you. with you again. And if you're listening to this, we will be releasing her past episode right before this. So you can listen to both episodes in the same day. Okay. Excellent. Thanks so
2: much for having me
1: yeah
0: absolutely um so everybody can check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic we added a donation button and there are perks to those who donate and thank you so much for those who do donate uh if you have facebook you can join the grief dreams group you can share your dreams or hear more dreams of others and we're also on twitter and instagram at grief dreams and as always uh, we want to say to everybody with love and gratitude from us to you
2: I myself. You have
0: introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.